The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey everybody, welcome back to the program today, Afternoons with Mike, heard here on the Shepherd Radio Network on a day where all eyes are thinking and looking at the weather map, looking at the trajectory of Ian as it comes and looks like it's now going to hit near Tampa and possibly go right over City Beautiful. Uh, certainly a concerning storm, one that we're uh, watching closely and times like these really do affect us in graphic ways. It, it affects the heart. It affects our uh, our mind. And some people are very nervous about it. We see that in the grocery stores with people buying up uh, supplies and emptying shelves out of uh, a bit of panic buying. It's pretty natural, pretty normal. One thing that we as believers can do and really should do and that is trust the Lord, even in a time like this. Doesn't mean we don't prepare. Doesn't mean we're not concerned at all. But it is something that we can put our trust in the Lord. I have with me a pastor in my very own church. Shane Cahoot is here. And Shane is uh, one of the associate pastors at Metro Life Church in Orlando. And earlier today, I was so moved by an article that he sent, actually that he wrote and it's a, a post that he sent to all members of the church. And I've uh, asked him to come on my show and share some of those thoughts, which I believe we all can benefit from. So Shane, welcome. Hey, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great to have you on the line, my friend, and to be able to talk about these things. As I mentioned, these are concerning times. This is a big day, and the next 24 hours holds a whole lot for a lot of us. Why don't you share, just start, if you will, about the process of what went on in you that made you uh, send out this letter to our church? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, as a local pastor, uh, just kind of observing and, and kind of interacting with people in our community and our church, uh, I think everyone uh, can relate to this. When we're in public or at the grocery store or gas station, there's just this palpable sense of uh, fear and anxiety that people just carry. Uh, and it's so palpable that you can feel it while you're you know, around others, just this sense that something's off. And as a pastor, I wanted to bring truths that we believe as Christians uh, to bear to that and and really address the members of our local church and and any believer that comes across this uh, this note or uh, across this radio uh, broadcast uh, that there are things that we can believe in the midst of waiting on a storm that are actually blessings as we wait. Mm-hmm. They really are, and those times. I mean, we always learn more, don't we, during difficult times. That's really the test of our metal with God, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it, 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 it's moments like this that we are under the stress of something going on outside of ourselves that it really reveals what we trust in and what we believe. Um, and so one of the blessings that this even brings just to have a storm uh, coming this way is a reminder to us as Christians 
uh, that we're actually not the ones in control, uh, which sounds like not good news. Uh, you know, we, I, I often slip into it and I'm sure you do too, where we just slide into that thinking as, that I'm the one in control of my life. It's my, my day, my to-do list, my financial planning, my effort. Uh, but when something like this comes along, it's, it's a way that God just gently shows his children, hey, you're not the one in control. Uh, and that could be scary. It's scary when the illusion of our control bursts, but it's actually really good news um, and so I think that's actually what's, what we're experiencing around us in the, the community right now. When you, you feel that sense of tension and anxiety, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of people uh, really coming to grips with the real, realization that they're trying to grab as much control as they can. Uh, you know, that's a, the compulsive impulsion to just buy more and more. Uh, and, and I'm for preparing and, and being safe. But, but there's something about it that we are really just trying to take control of a situation that's beyond us. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually good news for us. It really is. We just have to see it that way. And it really, um, it really is something that demands our heart to trust in the Lord. I, I remember reading in the Psalms, uh, the verse that says, I've learned to quiet my soul. And there is that process. Uh, part of it is just knowing the Lord. Part of it is trusting the Lord. Part of it is uh, uh, being willing to put your faith and trust in the unseen hand of God when the wind is blowing outside. It's a scary time. We get that. Were you here in 04, Shane? Uh, no, I wasn't. I uh, I came here eight years ago. So I you know, kind of got thrown into hurricane seasons uh, as someone who grew up up north in Maryland uh, about eight years ago and just kind of realizing just the kind of rhythm to every year where a storm's looming and and we all go through these same feelings again and again. Yeah, for those of us that were here and that's gone through multiple hurricanes, there was no year like 2004. And of course, Charlie came up a very similar path uh, to what Ian is following right now. At least it looks very similar. Uh, Charlie, I think, actually came in a little farther south than what they're projecting right now. So this is something that we're keeping a close tab on. There was no doubt about it. Charlie brought massive damage and hoping that some of the changes that uh, people made uh, after Charlie will will help us mitigate some of these winds that are here. But, uh, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. Right now, it looks like it's coming our way. That always could change. And uh, again, we don't want to be sowing fear, but we do want to be prepared and we want to be ready. And I thought some of your words, if would you mind just maybe reading some of uh, the thoughts that you shared with our congregation today in that post? Could you do that? Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, well, I was mentioning earlier that that part of the storm, a blessing that's here is that it reminds us that we're, we're not really the ones in control. And I said, it's good news. Uh, and that doesn't really feel like good news, but but here's why. Uh, because I make a terrible God, and so do you. Uh, and so I, I wrote the following. Uh, is there anyone in our church membership who can tell this storm where to go? No. But we all know the one who can and does. In Mark 4, Jesus is in a boat with his disciples. A great storm rose up, and the disciples, many of whom were skilled fishermen, began to despair for the violence of the storm. In their panic, they turn to look at Jesus, and they find him asleep on a cushion. They awake Jesus, and then they accuse him not of caring about them. They say, teacher, don't you care if we drown? 
I wish I could say I would have done better than the disciples, but in all truthfulness, I probably would have done worse. Hmm. Jesus ignores their comment, gets up, and speaks to the storm. He says, quiet, be still. And guess what? The storm obeys. So we don't know where this storm will turn in the coming days. We do know this. The one who spoke to the storm in that boat still speaks today. Our God is in control of the storm, our health, our finances, our children, and everything. And he's shown to us time and time again that he is good. So let's trust him together this week. Wow, that is so good, Shane. Uh, for all of our hearts to hear. And, and you know, I'd love to just break open a part of what you just read for a moment. The part that really spoke to me is the fact that we don't think of ourselves most of the time, I think at least most of the time, I don't think of myself as, as God. <laughs> but functionally, functionally, we actually live our lives often like we are in control. And, Absolutely. and these times, like, like you mentioned earlier, uh, occasions like this are really helpful occasions because they jar us out of that delusion. You know, Shane, I'm reading right now through the Bible and I'm in, I'm kind of uh, almost to the end of Job and there was, um, you know, a horrible storm mentioned there too. And it just destroyed everything that wasn't already destroyed. <laughs> this poor guy went through it. And, you know, he, he is having then to go through a different storm after all of that happened. His body is racked in pain and boils and his children, a lot of them have been killed. Uh, there was destruction of his property. And now we have chapter after chapter of some, I think, well-meaning friends who are trying to help him through a discourse. Uh, and they weren't helpful at all. <laughs> they were ending right. up making him mad. But all of it is uh, going to be proven to be uh, that he, Job couldn't change any of that. It was all brought on by, uh, he was right in this one area, that God allows some of these things to happen. And we today can take trust that this thing called Hurricane Ian, or Ian is not a, uh, it's not a, like uh, out of the hand of God or out of the will of God or out of the power of God, right? Right, right, absolutely. And, and it's so important for us as believers to remember this, that that God is good and he's in control. And that doesn't mean that we won't be impacted by the storm. But right. it, what it does mean is that we can trust him uh, in the midst of whatever happens, uh, that he still is holding everything together and he still loves us. Mm-hmm. And that's comforting no matter what happens. You know, you weren't, again, you wouldn't have been here when we had a big hailstorm when I lived in Orlando the first time. And uh, my wife had just been praying for uh, some uh, changes around our house. We were like uh, talking about it and thinking and starting to pray about, Lord, we would like to paint our house a different color. We need a new roof. Uh, (laughs) uh, All of these things were matters of prayer and when I check my book, uh, my checkbook, I realized they were only matters of prayer. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> they yes. weren't matters of immediate possibility. Let's put it that way. Uh, and I want you to know that one night, Cindy was at a different part of the city at a at a uh, ladies' meeting, and I was home with the kids. And the biggest hailstorm that I've ever been through started knocking on our roof, literally knocking on our roof. In fact, oh it, so- it sounded like thousands of baseballs 
being thrown by the the top pitchers of the world, hitting our, our, our house. And I thought, what in the world is that? I'd been on the phone. I walked back with my kids. We're staring up. Stephanie and David are looking up at the uh, up at the uh, skylight and all of us watched in amazement and horror as those hailstones just obliterated my skylight and water starts coming in. And, uh, you know, we thought, well, on top of everything else now, all of that wish list, but you know, God helped us. And right. be- because we have insurance, it fixed all of that. And uh, I was able to to get the things that we had prayed for. So we never know something bad can be something good in disguise. Wow. Yeah. I mean, please tell Cindy not to pray for my roof. (laughs) Find the way it is. We're good. We're good. That's that's a powerful prayer life right there. (laughs) We were laughing about that because my wife does have a bit of a a reputation about being able to pray for things like broken washing machines that just miraculously are healed. Uh, Quite an unusual anointing upon her, I do believe. Wow. But uh, wow. My goodness. So how are you and Arden doing? Are you guys prepared for this storm? Yeah. Yeah. We, we took just, uh, you know, just basic things that, uh, they recommend, uh, you know, just got gas in the car, water here and, uh, we have food and, uh, yeah, we're just gonna hole up here. My daughter's school is canceled tomorrow. So, uh, you know, we'll just have our, our two girls and, uh, probably move them on the other side of the house away from the bigger trees. But other than that, we're just gonna, uh, enjoy time together and uh, uh, just kind of wait it out and maybe get a good show outside the window. Boy, it's it's going to be a show, all right, from what we're seeing right now. A lot of rain, possibly 10 to 13 inches is what is now being talked about for Orlando. Uh, Gainesville might be, I'm not sure, I haven't seen the latest for that, but all of us are going to be affected with lots and lots of rain. Of course, tropical storm warnings in effect in Gainesville right now. And uh, it, it is just indeed a uh, a show on the way, uh, not the kind of show that we like to have, but it is on its way. Uh, you know, we've got just enough time. Why don't you give us an update on the big uh, push that you've been leading at our church for canned goods and helping things out with, uh, with, with those that are in need? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we for the month of September, our church has been doing what we call the Stuff the Trailer event. Uh, we have a church trailer, a closed-in trailer, and uh, as a church, we just wanted to uh, collect as many uh, non-perishable goods that we could get in one month, and, and the hope was that we would stuff that trailer full uh, and bring it over to a wonderful uh, ministry in Castleberry, Florida called Christian Help. Uh, and they have a food pantry. Oh, I love and, them. Uh, yeah. You know, they're, they're amazing, and they're very generous to the community and, and to people who come there and need and uh, and so we just wanted to give them a boost of goods. And actually, uh, I actually was able to load up the trailer this morning with a couple of wonderful volunteers from our church. And uh, we delivered it over there. They said there was over a thousand pounds of uh, canned goods or wow. perishable food donated. And yeah, so uh, I hope it was a blessing to them. They were a little, uh, maybe a little overwhelmed at first. We were <laughs> dropping it off and they have to sort through it. But, uh, oh my uh, but yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, and, you know, honestly, what a, what an incredible thing to just hold on to. God put this in our hearts to mm-hmm. do this a month ago. Uh, and he knew that the day this would be done and the day we would deliver it would be the day before a storm. 
And so uh, just praying that these goods get into the right hands and really bless families within our community. Well, that's really going to stock up their shelves in their pantry, and it's really going to be a big help. And I saw what was uh, some of the materials that were donated, some of the resources, all sorts of canned goods, foods. And when we say canned goods, I'm, I'm not talking about just a stray can here and there. We're talking about people were bringing in boxes, unopened cartons of these things, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, some members definitely went to their local Costco or Sam's Club and just uh, loaded up a cart. Um, and I honestly, I, I'll share a moment real quick that I'm just proud of. My my daughter was in Truth Quest. She's seven years old. And uh, she heard about the the drive from her school teacher, her Sunday school teacher. And she came out to me and asked, hey, Dad, how, how can I help? And I told her, well, we already brought some stuff from home and, and we, already, we already donated stuff. And she said, no, no, Dad, how can I help? Mm. Uh, and so she went into her room and opened up her piggy bank and, and found some money in there and went shopping with mom. And uh, and we were able to drop it off. And it was just cool to see my daughter just engage with loving other people in such a way um, wow. because of her desire to, to love the way she's been loved by Christ. That's awesome. Shane Cahoot yeah. from Metro Life Church. Thank you for spending this time with us. Oh, thank you, Mike. It's my pleasure. All right. And we'll be back in just a moment with Crystal Parker from the Christian Chamber. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike. Are you looking for the right franchise to open your own business? Green Flag Franchise has the experience and knowledge to help match your business plan with your goals and values. Is your business ready to become a franchise? Green Flag Franchise will help you explore the potential and benefits of franchising your existing company. For a free consultation and coaching, visit GreenFlagFranchise.com. That's GreenFlagFranchise.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407 407- 965-4166 now or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. Here we are now for segment two and with me is Crystal Parker. Great to have you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, Crystal Parker is the leader of the U.S. Christian Chamber. You're hearing that ad a lot here on The Shepherd, as well as the Central Florida Christian Chamber, which is really where I met you and heard you speak. I guess that was the first time you ever spoke for that group. I don't know if it was or not. Yes, it was. Yeah, so that, I, I was there that day, and it wasn't very long thereafter that you were on my what was then kind of a new radio show. And uh, so I'd only been, uh, it'd been less than a year in the offering and here you are and you're one of the first people to be in our new studio when we recorded it. And we had some issues audio wise in there, as I recall (laughs) too, because it wasn't completely even finished yet, but here we are now, you're back and we are all done now. Wow, (laughs) It's amazing, Mike, to think about that because I just, 
feel like you've been around, like you're a staple in this community oh, and your show you. has taken off. And it's hard for me to wrap my head around that, that it's fairly new. Since 2019. Yeah. I started wow. doing this program uh, July uh, of July 30th of 2019. Look at God. Yeah. So three years uh, this past July. And it feels like a lot. I, but but that's because of COVID. COVID made everything feel like it was uh, two years longer than it was, right? <laughs> sure. I mean, let's face it. We were only supposed to be flattening the curve for two weeks. That's right. Two weeks turned yeah. into a too long. Somehow we all got flattened with two years worth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. But here we are. And we're here today to talk about uh, an event that is almost here. We've mentioned it when the last time you were coming and I do know that you're going to be making an appearance this coming uh, Saturday because we just pre-recorded it with Mark Goldstein on The Shepherd at Work. And that's always fun to get the two of you together. Yes, so, we so, have too much fun. And I, and actually, you're on there, too, talking uh, about something. Yeah, I'm on there as well. But uh, the, the with you two, we have the previous and the current president of the chamber. And, you know, just to say a quick word about the chamber in general. A lot of people that have not heard about it, when I mention this, it strikes them odd that I'd be talking about a chamber that is Christian, because almost everybody understands the Chamber of Commerce, and almost every city has one of those. Even small cities would have a, I'll I'll pass by a real small, maybe one stoplight city, and there'll be a little building over there that says, uh, that name's town uh, with Christian, I mean, with a uh, chamber of commerce. Yes. But now to have a Christian chamber, even for me, when I moved back to Orlando, that was a new concept. It's a concept I feel like is really taking off, especially now where there seems to be a division between a biblical worldview and a worldview. And it's, it's really essential in providing a refreshing alternative to what's in this world. It's really nice to be able to go hear a speaker and not feel like you need to go and wash your ears out. Uh, to really be able to make connections in a community of people that share your values, mm-hmm. that believe in serving, not selling, and that really just genuinely want to help and serve like Christ in their business. It's also great because people see their business as a means to reach people for the kingdom of God to be a disciple in the marketplace. And so we reinforce that. We create these larger community. We're over 300 members now at the Christian Chamber of Commerce. And it's amazing how there's so much interest in people from other states that want to create this. We actually were just in Jacksonville four weeks ago with a launch of their Northeast Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce Mike, they had over 80 people standing room only in the room uh, for that first launch of their Christian chamber. There's a thirst, a hunger for more of God and more in the marketplace than ever before. Now, what amazes me about not only your concept and your dream and your vision, but the fact that your timing was such that this idea really was birthed right in the middle of the COVID crisis. Truly. Truly and was. at a time when even your normal meetings were very curtailed, really cut down almost sometimes not, not even able to do it live at all. You were doing virtual meetings and 
but then you started meeting as as things started kind of opening back up. You started doing things at the Canterbury Center, and you were there. But all of those that momentum that we had back in the when I first moved back pre COVID at uh, the first Orlando in Faith Hall that was all lost because of COVID. Really was. So really, I think a lot of people would need to take that into consideration when they're looking at just the success of what you've been able to do by launching not only a rebirth of the local Christian chamber, but more importantly, this national model now that is going out. And like you said, there is a thirst. Yeah, there really is. And just being able to use challenging circumstances to allow God to create something great. You know, I think so many times people are frustrated or feel defeated. The economy right now is difficult at best, but right now in the most challenging times are really where the cream can separate and where if we just turn it over to God and just ask God, you know, he makes, it tells us in the Bible, he will make a stream in the wasteland. God can do that. Isaiah 43. Thank you. God can do that. God can move the mountains. And what ends up happening with a lot of what I see in business is a lot of executives are very uh, direct, very much the doers, the fixers, the problem solvers. That's why they're great at what they do. And they oftentimes can rely on their flesh to solve those problems. But sometimes things are bigger than that. And it requires us to decrease so that God can increase and that we can rely on him to make those things new in a way that gives honor and glory to God. And we see some of the most incredible pivoting and shifting of businesses that's innovative supernaturally. And to be able to really anchor into that and help people understand that you're not in business alone. God is the CEO of your company. If you can dedicate and focus on him, he will show you the way inevitably. Mm -hmm. And I remember in that COVID situation coming in as the new president, I mean, anybody and, and looking at the membership declining towards, I mean, almost extinction. And anybody could have came into that and said, oh, wow, look at this. Look at what I'm having to serve and look how this timing and just really allow the negativity to overwhelm you to the point where you quit, go do something else. But God wanted to use that season to birth something new. And I was an obedient vessel for him. And I remember I I tried to get in the way and I tried to solve those problems and I failed miserably. And and so just getting out of the way of it, standing in the gap for the Lord, just serving him with my time and letting him bring the people, bring the ideas. And now we're launching the second annual U.S. Christian Business Expo. We're seeing an explosion of members across the U.S., even in Central Florida membership. If you go to our map yeah. and look at it, we have members all over the U.S., You know, one of the things that I think that you're doing with this expo, and it's what you're doing in the chamber in general, is that you're pivoting. You're you're demonstrating what I believe everybody has to do in this day and age. We have to be ready. I, I think of that scripture verse in the Old Testament where it talks about the sons of Issachar. And it says of the sons of Issachar that they understood the times and they knew what to do. Wow. They understood what was going on around them in their environment, in their culture, in their society, and they were able to interpret that godly in a godly way and, and make the right decisions, make the right calls. 
that's really a powerful picture for what I see happening with you guys. Wow. I, I, I want to learn more about that, Mike, because that's interesting because when, when COVID came, the thing that we recognized that people needed was they really needed community. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to utilize technology to be able to create the community. And then when people got a little bit more comfortable, we were able to do some hybrid stuff and that that's kind of stuck. But the needs at the time were people needed somebody. They just needed a community. Now, as things have evolved, the chain, it's a different, the needs are different. And with the way that the economy is, the way that the world is, and how Christians are sort of kind of being pushed out, cast out as bad people oh, for yeah. believing yeah. in our values. Now, instead of just we're that, fascists, we're racists, we're, we're all of these things, according to many in the world. That's right. And so now there's a change. I mean, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, really. And we're in the business world. We have to be positioned and ready for the cancel culture. We have to know, I was talking to the folks at NRB and they were telling me about one of their members that got canceled through the cancel culture. But the difference in that wasn't just from the consumer side, their merchant services canceled them, their Mm -hmm. banks canceled them. And so within the Christian chamber, now it's more of, Hey, I need somebody, I need community. I need to see somebody to now I need to strategically position myself in a way that I can, that I can lean into my faith. We know and have proof through Sovereign's Capital and some of these other big investment companies that faith-driven CEOs outperform their competition. So we want to really lean into that biblical worldview of how do we create culture? How do we structure our business? How do we serve our, our customer? And to your point that you just made is how do we interpret the time and adjust and grow the kingdom of God. And I see it. I mean, I'm seeing it happen outside of the walls of the church where there is a movement in the marketplace and the time is now. You know, I don't think there's ever been a time in my lifetime where it's been more evident that there's a force working against people who are of faith. Mm. There is, the, it's like the demons are just on full alert and they're, they're coming out in news reports. They're coming out. Well, I'm just going to say it as it is. They're coming out in the media the media is is like a complicit in my mind. Mm. Uh, I'm grateful to be part of the media. That is not. But I'll tell you, the big majority of the media is coming out all, like you said, while they go uh, against uh, Christians, against the church. Uh, there was a day and age when I was a young guy and growing in my early years before I went into ministry, I was in broadcasting and people had a, a positive thought. I mean, it was considered <laughs> to be a good thing to be a member of a church and to be known as a, a, a good upright man that or a woman. Mm-hmm. That was really considered to be a good thing. And in today's culture, we hear suspicion, we hear all of this stuff. And if we and, and I say we, I mean, if the general public believes that, if they buy into that, we're losing more than we realize. Amen. And it's so important that as Christians and that are self-professed Christians, that we walk the talk and, um, and despite the circumstances, despite the challenges. And I think one of the things is that when I think back on my life as a, as an executive in a fortune 199 company, I called myself a Christian, Mike. I went to church on Sundays and I lived the rest of my life however I wanted through. And so the only experience that I was having at church was 
just an hour and a half on Sundays. Mm. I wasn't in the word. I wasn't in the Bible. I wasn't praying. I didn't have a relationship with the Lord, but I called myself a Christian in business. And so in doing that, I know that I destroyed more people's faith than I did to bring people to the Lord. I know that. And I know that God's given me another chance to be in this role that I'm in today to help build faith and build leaders. But I would just say this to those people that are feeling alienated, feeling like they can't even say that I'm a Christian without uh, retaliatory experiences is to number one, we were told that we would be persecuted. So stand in that and stand firm in that on the word of God. If you're a Christian, then get into the word, get into a community of believers that are like you so that you're not alone. The enemy would have us to believe that we are by ourselves out there. And the answer is we are not. That is true. We are not. We've got to do this all over the nation. We've got to create Christian chambers so that that people are not just scattered in corners and hiding in the dark. So that's number one. Now uh, on that, uh, there's a, there's a question, a follow-up question that I've wondered about why this concept of marketplace ministry feels and seems to many of us like a new thing when all along we've been told to go out and be salt and light and to as freely as we have received freely give. Mm. And that's not just on Sundays in a service that we're all gathered together in one room with four walls. I mean, that's the church was sent out. Jesus sent them out. Isn't it crazy that this concept of marketplace ministry is still seeming to many people like a new thing? You bet. Well, I think so many people, Mike, thought that it was the job of the pastor to be a person to reach people for the kingdom. And I, I really sense that the Lord wants his people to be empowered and he, and it's through scripture, but I think that, you know what the enemy uses for, for evil, God will use for good. And the closing of the churches through COVID, we talked about that and, you know, the enemy thought that he was going to really get a leg up, but what that did was it showed believers that outside the walls of the church is a great mission field Mm -hmm. and empower people to go out there and lean into their faith. And I've had somebody ask me before is like, Hey, what marketplace ministry, does that mean I need to know my Bible? Does that mean I need to know how to lead someone to the Lord? And the answer is no. What you need to do is be a good person to show Christ in all you do to serve people well to be kind, to offer to pray right there in that moment for somebody that's experiencing trouble, to be able to lead through crisis by showing God mm-hmm. instead of Responding. panicking like the yeah. rest of the world. In doing so, you do become light. You do become salt. You do become a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. People go, I want to know your God. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have a real opportunity to share Christ in I the love market. It. We've got a minute left, so this, uh, and we'd love to have you come back maybe next week. One more time, maybe, if we can do it, even if it's by phone. Uh, We'd love to uh, spend just one more segment with you prior to this big event that's coming. But the Chamber, the U.S. Christian Chamber Expo is coming, and it's going to be held at First Orlando at Faith Hall and give us the dates and all the information and the website. Yes, come be a part of it. We're expecting 500 people from all over the nation. It's October the 13th and the 14th in Orlando, Florida. And you can find out about it by going to the U.S., not the, just add this, uschristianchamber.com. 
And I'll say it one more time, uschristianchamber.com. And your audience can also check us out in Central Florida at cfchristianchamber.com. That's mm-hmm. cfchristianchamber.com. If you go one of those sites, you're going to find us and plug in and be a part of our community. Crystal Parker from the U.S. Christian Chamber and the Central Florida Christian Chamber. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Mike. And we'll be back. This is Afternoons with Mike here on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. If you've considered the natural beauty of a wood floor, then go with a winner. Ability Wood Flooring has been a trusted source and family-owned and operated since 1950. Ability Wood Flooring is voted best of the best and are featured on A&E's Zombie House Flipping. Ability proudly works with Florida's top builders, winning many awards in the Parade of Homes. Get a free design consultation today. AbilityWoodFlooring.com Back again for our final segment and on the line with me, another representative from a company that we talked with a couple of um, a months or so back when I had Daniel Tomlinson on. Today I have Reverend Jim Harden, who is one of the leaders in this organization, and uh, he is with Compass Care, which is a pro-life organization. And of course, you do ministry as well on top of uh, that. Uh, nice to have you with me on this day. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be with you, Mike. You know, Jim, uh, this the whole thing that you guys are facing, uh, it just uh, like it keeps going from bad to worse. Uh, <laughs> and now we're, we're talking about what is nothing less than just a hot mess, right? Oh, it really is a hot mess. That's a great way of describing it. Uh, we are in, we're being attacked. All out war has been declared on pro-life people and organizations. It's the strangest thing. It feels like we're living in some sort of dystopian novel. That's a good way to say that. I mean, you think about the things that we've read about in horror movies or maybe see, I'm not, I'm not a big horror movie buff. I've never really gotten it, but I've read disturbing books before, uh, books that kind of leave you feeling, you know, like, oh man, uh, that's evil. It's like incarnate evil. And I hate to say this, Jim, but uh, I'm seeing a lot of things come out of the mouths of governmental leaders at the highest levels That is, that would leave me with that same sensation. It's evil. Oh. I, I, I agree with you 100%. When I, when I see people like um, Senator Elizabeth Warren saying things like, we need to shut these people down, they are harming women, and talking about pro-life pregnancy centers who provide you know, for the unmet health and resource needs of women facing unplanned pregnancy in a moment of crisis all for free. Why, are, why is that considered dangerous? And then you got another senator out of out of Hawaii who basically uh, was, was, was frustrated with a bill that was a pro-life bill that was introduced by the senator out of uh, South Carolina. And she's, she's basically calling pro-abortion people to arms, literal call to arms against pro-life people. And then you got an yeah. attorney, an attorney representing the police department in Buffalo, uh, essentially referring to us, the victims of a firebombing, as, as uh, the, the supporters, our supporters as, uh, you know, uh, nut jobs w- w- toting AK-47s. It, it wow. is real. 
It's so sad. And again, it's so disturbing to the heart and soul of an American citizen who I believe, and this is happening across the country at rapid pace. It's like the confidence and the peace of mind and the belief that those that are in the highest levels of law enforcement, especially again at the level of the Department of Justice, the Justice Mm -hmm. Department, uh, they are not representing the safety of our American population. No, no. The, 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 uh, the, the purpose of law enforcement is to enforce the law equally. Justice is blind to ideology. And it appears as though pro-life people are being treated as second-class citizens when they're being attacked and being mm. denied, robbed of equal justice under the law. And I say that out of experience. I don't say that because I think there's some kind of a conspiracy going on. I say that because after over 70 attacks on pro-life pregnancy centers nationwide, since the leak of the Dobbs case, there have been zero arrests. And that includes the firebombing and, and ongoing threats of, of murder against our organization uh, since since May 2nd. I mean, it, it's absolutely crazy. And I and I came out on August 23rd saying the FBI is intentionally slow walking this thing. It took them five weeks to even look at our video surveillance. And and, uh, and, and we, it's just you know, now now you look at all the other things that are happening, and you got a, a say an FBI agent coming out with, as a whistleblower saying that they're deprioritizing uh, uh, child sex crimes uh, and 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 di- diverting resources to, for for uh, investigations on political stuff. I mean, now then you got a few days later, you got you got an FBI SWAT raid on a nonviolent pro-life leader um, in, in Pennsylvania, and what what is that? It, I I just don't understand. I don't understand it either. We're about 40 days away or so from midterms, and one would feel that that day can't come fast enough because that appears to be the only hope uh, from the standpoint of we know that we always have hope in God. I I am. And if it weren't for that fact, Jim, I'm sure you're in the same boat that I am. Uh, If it weren't for the fact that we can trust in the Lord, who I know hears us and is hearing the cries, not only of the people like you and me who are praying, but those unborn lives in the in the womb that are being almost targeted and so nullified. And, uh, you know, recent things that's happened uh, against um, this whole process where we were seeing people that we would have thought would have been on the right side of this and they are turning their backs and they're going over to the progressive left. I'm thinking Mm. of Liz Cheney and people like that who at one point would have been with the party, the the only party that's left of the two major parties that really seems to have anything in the platform about life and wanting to support life. Uh, They're turning and and becoming a part of the left. And, you know, again, the, the midterms bring a little bit of hope and I'm hoping that once that happens, some of these wrong leanings and uh, just ground loss to the progressive left might be able to be brought back into order again. What are you thinking of when you look at uh, the, the landscape ahead of us? Well, I, um, I'm, I'm of, of your belief that God is our protector and our provider. Um, but I also uh, believe that we have to protect our ability to have a place in the public square uh, so that we can continue to save lives and help women. Otherwise, um, you know, the Biden administration has promised to make abortion uh, enshrined as a right through the legislature if yeah. you maintain yeah. the whole of the 
House and the Senate. So that's why it's so important uh, for us to to get out there. I believe there's collusion going on between uh, the the, the uh, big tech, uh, you know, between you know pro pro abortion politicians, and and Jane's Revenge, the pro the pro abortion you know domestic terrorist group that took responsibility for our firebombing. And I believe that James Revenge is the Democratic Party's new KKK at the cross in the front yard wow. is burning, burning down pregnancy centers. Wow. And instead, of denig- instead of denigrating the personhood of the black man, this is about destroying the personhood of the preborn baby. And pregnancy centers need to be on the front lines. And they want to take us off because we're the, we're the only competition. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we've, got, we've got a lot of work ahead of us in these next 50, 49 days uh, before yeah. the election. And uh, they need to stay vigilant. We do. We need to pray a lot. Uh, friends listening, the, these are days to pray. These are days to pray for leadership that would be, first of all, uh, godly leadership, constitutional leadership, if not that, uh, thinking about uh, the framers of our constitu- Constitution never would have dreamed. Uh, well, I can't even say that, Jim, you know, because they actually did. They, it's actually included in our Constitution that if it's never kept, if we f- one day we find that uh, this thing is not working, that we have the right to rise up. And, you know, one would wonder, are we are we looking at days? Is that too far-fetched that we need to, to challenge? And I think we're needing to challenge it right now. We do. And I think that more people need to stand up in law enforcement. You know, the rank-and-file guys are just doing what they're told to do. It's the leadership that is 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 is, is placing resources and misplacing resources. And, uh, and, and they need to rise up as whistleblowers. They're, they have a, a, an obligation to the Constitution just as much as every other citizen, and we um, are the only ones that, that can do this work. The, the average citizen uh, speaking and acting out uh, the, 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 the Judeo-Christian beliefs that, that were the foundation of this country, and uh, they're being undermined, actively undermined. And Christian principles and Christian people in the public square are being actively targeted and deprioritized uh, from, from being protected under the 14th Amendment. We have right. a right to protection under the law, just and, and and it's being denied us, and that's exactly what what uh, Congressman Chris Smith has said in his in the introduction of his bill, Protect Pregnancy Care Centers Act, Act of 2022. Mm-hmm. So uh, he said the Justice Department has abdicated its duty and failed to provide justice for victims of violence, and he's right, and he's talking about us. Mm. Now you brought up a, a term that really I, I think most Americans would have felt we had moved on past the KKK. But you know what, Jim, I'm agreeing with you. The the stuff that's gone on recently with this Jane's revenge and the burning and seemingly getting away with just about anything they want to do to bring yeah. threats, to bring intimidation, to bring fear into the hearts of people that work in pro-life centers. Uh, it, it is it is very, very similar to what we know about the KKK. And you made a, a, a kind of a reference to the KKK Act of 1871. Why don't you bring that up? Yeah, I, you know, given given the, uh, the the pregnancy centers are being attacked on three different fronts simultaneously by Jane's Revenge, as well as big tech and pro-abortion politicians. And I say that there's a lot there, but, you know, uh, trust me, we're being attacked on all these fronts. So we got attorneys working on all of them and they're all using the same language. It would be naive to think that there that there's not a criminally coordinated effort at play here. And if uncovered would would ruin pro-abortion midterm election aspirations and they're covering for each other. And so the third KKK Act of 1871 essentially uh, is designed to protect uh, the the 14th Amendment rights of equal protection under the law 
of, of people that are being targeted in a coordinated effort. So you suspend habeas corpus to get people arrested and start start the investigation process going. That's and it's still in the books. And I talked to our train about it. And I said, is this crazy? And he said, no, Jim, that's actually not crazy. And so they're looking into it as we speak. Oh, that's good. That brings some hope, I'm sure. Uh, you know, when you think about the people that are in government right now, do you feel that you have folks uh, at the, uh, let's say, at the Congress level where they would be sympathetic to what's going on? I, I do. I do. I, I think there's 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 a good a goodly number of of pro-life uh, congressmen and women uh, who are who are very supportive of pro-life activity. They understand that the role of government uh, is to protect all people equally. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, the, the role of government is not to parse out who qualifies as a person under the law and who doesn't. It's, it's to protect all people equally without qualification from the womb to the tomb. I mean, you know, Jesus described the opposite of, of love is not hate, but of, as partiality. It's me playing God, getting to decide who qualifies for my favor and who doesn't qualify for my favor, who qualifies as a person under the law and who doesn't qualify as a person under the law. Then that's exactly the the issue at, at, at heart with Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade said, it said the word person does not apply to the unborn. But Dobbs came out and said Roe was egregiously wrong, specifically on that point. Personhood. It's not the government's job. You can't get in there and start, to, you know, deciding who who qualifies to be protected by the Constitution and who doesn't. That that totally makes justice a sham, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and it becomes rule of law. I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, rule of man instead of rule of law. Right. You know, my dad, he passed in 2015. I think of him often. I think of some of his sayings often. He had one gem that would fit this one to a T. He would say, you know, the government's just got too big for its britches. (laughs) And and I really think that would be appropriate. And and God have mercy upon our country. God bless America because we need his blessing. Hey, how can we we pray for you? Where can we go to find out more information about Compass Care and all that you do? Yeah, thank you very much. Well, pray for us. Pray for endurance. Pray for wisdom um, as we continue to, uh, you know, essentially protect the, the the ability for praying centers to keep uh, having a place in the public square and and, and reaching and serving even more women uh, as the abortion industry shifts and and starts to attack us. Uh, go to compasscarecommunity.com. That's compasscarecommunity.com. All right, Jim Harden, CEO. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you. It's been an honor. And friends, thank you for joining us. Stay safe out there. Uh, Take care. Keep up on what's going on. And uh, we'll be praying for the minimal damage on this storm. God bless you. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.